you're going to be here for some of my favorite people on the planet. And one of the reasons is, is because I always like to be around people who stretch me and, and challenge me, uh, whether they even know they're doing it or not, that, that can believe God past what I have the capability in the moment to believe. And so Mike and Cindy Zello are some of those people. They've been doing this for a long time. Don't let their youthful looks fool you. They've been doing this for a long time and uh, have been doing work in the trenches for a long time. This is not glamorous ministry that they're doing. It's difficult, uh, but it's necessary, and God is blessing it. And uh, you had the opportunity a couple years ago to pour into that, and these people trust God beyond my ability to, and so I pay attention about what they're doing, and I like being involved in it because it always stretches me. It always causes me to think bigger than what I'm currently thinking, and watching what God does through them is inspirational. And so I want you to give a huge Hedgesville Church welcome to Cindy Zello this morning. Could you do that? Good morning, Hedgesville family. And I say family. I, uh, um, texted Chris yesterday and I was like, I feel like I'm coming home. And I'm going to say that in all three services, yes, because I mean it. And you are definitely family. Um, As we were singing, um, I lay my defenses down. And um, basically, I look eye to eye. um, And and then I receive your embrace, Lord. Um, You know, when you carry shame in your life, hurt, brokenness, it's a very hard thing to lay your defenses down, let alone look a human being in the eye, let alone to think that you are holy enough or clean enough to look God in the eye and to receive his embrace. And um, I want to just say to you today that you can lay your defenses down and you can look him in the eye and you can let him hold you and love you. If people have failed you, if you've been hurt and broken by this world and this despairing culture, that's not God. God's love is perfect, and it's yours for the asking. He's waiting. My Bible tells me that he's near the brokenhearted, and he heals the brokenhearted. And everybody's process in between that nearness and that healing can look very different. But in that process, you're far from perfect, and you're what I call a beautiful mess. And it's okay, because that's where he wants to reach you in your mess. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. So as you hear us this morning and you hear about Beauty for Ashes and you hear the girls, um, if you leave with nothing else today, will you leave with that? Maybe you will leave your brokenness behind today. Maybe you'll walk away from your shame today. And you'll look him in the eye and you'll receive that perfect love. Um, That's what Beauty for Ashes is. He takes that broken, shattered... um, life, that mess, and he rebuilds it, he makes it whole, and it's only through him and him alone. 99% of all the women that come to Beauty for Ashes, every single one of their relationships is broken. I mean, that's just how they come to me. Um, and in that, we, we introduce them to Jesus Christ in that relationship first and foremost, because in him... We live and breathe and have our being. And people will fail us, but he will never fail us. Never fail us. Um, 
I bring greetings from my dog-loving husband. Um, his dream was always to own a chocolate lab and um, ladies. I spent about 90 days in prayer over my husband to and from work. And I just wanted to know how I could please my husband. Uh-huh, yeah. We can actually do that. <laughs> and um, God laid on my heart, get him the dog. I didn't want another dog. I, we had been through animals, no more animals. Uh, her last one was heartbreaking when we lost her. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt, done with it. And um, so <laughs> I started doing secret research, and we surprised my husband as a family. All the kids got together. We made it a big deal and surprised him with this puppy. i never seen so much joy and happiness in one individual in one moment. <laughs> it had, and you can ask the girls, that dog is with him coming and going. That dog... Okay, I'm just, that dog is everything to him. And you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. So ladies, I'm not telling you to run out and buy a puppy for your husband. But I am telling you that, um, yeah, that's a not, have me for a women's conference. We'll talk marriage. <laughs> but um, he, he had to stay home with his puppy because we were away on vacation. It was an all expense paid vacation. It was wonderful. It was given to us. We came home. Good thing it was all expense paid because we came home to a very sick dog and he had emergency surgery Thursday morning. And um, we picked him up Friday and my husband, there's no way he was leaving his dog and he couldn't, but he sends his love and his puppy love. <laughs> but um, God is just so good. When, when I hear Chris speak and I see all the hands on deck at youth convention... My heart is just blessed because I've seen you guys in the district at so many different functions representing Hedgesville Church. And, um, and it's just so awesome because it's, it's just your hands and feet that are making a difference just everywhere. You're making an impact, and you may not see it right away, just like you made an impact at BFA, and you're going to see it today. Um, but I just want to encourage you to... Even if you just have a little bit of faith and a little bit of love, that goes a long way when you extend what you do know of God, and it makes an impact in other lives. And I'm excited. I'm excited that you're growing and that you're going to expand because it just means you're going to change the face of eternity even more. So thank you for, for loving on my husband and me, for loving on Teen Challenge and Beauty for Ashes. It's not easy being a missionary in the United States. You would think it is, but it's not. It's not. It has its own challenges, and you have become family. And um, I actually miss you guys. I miss you. And I'm always, can we go visit? Can we go visit? And our schedules don't allow for it. But no, my heart is here, um, and I'm just grateful for you. And I'm excited, so excited, to just share a little glimpse into Beauty for Ashes today. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> We um, dedicated the property October of 2016, and we opened up the doors to several families mid-December, really. And um, Brianna, if you'll come up, Brianna is one of those, those families. She came mid-December, December 16th. December 16th, I used to get you mixed up with Shana. You used to know I was the 16th, right? 17th. <laughs> it was Shana came in on the 16th. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, so Brianna has been with us for um, over a year, and um, she'll be completing the 18-month program, which is very, very hard um, in June. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna, to um, make sure that both girls have a chance to share. Um, so I'm going to talk a lot less, but I just want to welcome you. Welcome you. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> just want to welcome us. It's so good to be here. You can come up, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren came um, mid-November of this past year, and um, she has a little girl back in, uh, into the in kids', kids care. And um, her name is Veda Lynn, and you're going to want to see this one. She's got her own little language. It's like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, when she doesn't want you to know what she's saying, she conveniently speaks in another foreign little Martian language. Um, and Brianna has two, two children back, James. Um, he's almost four. He turned three here, and now he's turning four here. Brianna turned 19 here, and she's getting ready to... She just turned, she turned 19 and she turned 20 here. Yeah, lots of birthdays. And she has little Mercy, who is just, was born in August last year. So, have a seat, girls. Just to let you know, we, um, uh, April of 2015, we, we took a group of, uh, well, there was about 40 some people through, through that week. We took a whole week and went down. To Fredericksburg, Virginia, Beauty for Ashes, and Mike and Cindy Zeller, who also run a horse farm there for, and have the same program for men, um, and have been doing this for a long, long time, over 30 years, right? 33 years this May, married, and in the Ministry of Teen Challenge. They started running. The, no, no honeymoon, just whoo, Teen Challenge, let's get it done. So, um, uh, through a miraculous series of events, which some of you have heard, they... they they got this beautiful piece of land uh, in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I mean, beautiful piece of land. Uh, but it had a turd of a house on it. Uh, it, was a, it was a big house, but that's probably a good way to describe it initially. Well, I probably wouldn't have said it that way, but yeah, that's pretty good. When, um, now, every time I drive up, I'm not going to see a white house. <laughs> it's going to be a turd of a house. <laughs> it was a I'm ruined. Remodeled turd. Um, <laughs> So, uh, the year before, I believe it was the year before, uh, Jamie Yates and I uh, went down. Mike and Cindy had come here. And actually, this church was one of the first places that it, you even talked about it. Right? It is. Since we were out of the vicinity of Fredericksburg, the Lord, on the way, I'm like, I think we're supposed to show this little tiny, stupid handmade video or homemade video, whatever that we did. And um, cried all the way through it. And um, and Linda, Linda... Um, it just really, really tugged at her heartstrings, and the Holy Spirit just blanketed her. And she, she didn't, she didn't pray about it and exhaust. You know, like I said in first service, she just, I gotta pray about how the Holy Spirit just spoke to me because, uh, you know, and yeah, you do. You have, you have to weigh those things out because otherwise, you just run around like a crazy person and you're doing stuff in your own strength, and then that's bad. But. Um, she just really felt led that it should be the women's ministries project for the year and how can I get involved and pastor Don the same thing. And then you got involved and you involved Jamie and then it just all became this giant Hedgesville outreach in Fredericksburg. So Jamie Yates and I went down and broke in the house uh, one 
one weekday and um, I got a text message we just broke into the house yeah okay it was empty so I mean Jamie says you need to replace the windows anyways <laughs> who cares the um, it was a large house about 6,000 square feet it hadn't been lived in in 18 years and it's just, it was just an awkward situation it had been chopped up and weird things happened in it and so we we walked in and we're just at the beginning looking through the whole house and trying to make a list basically uh, of what would need to be replaced fixed remodeled all that stuff and i remember talking with cindy uh for hours and hours that day and then mike walking in at the end going chris how much is this going to cost and i'm like i don't know <laughs> it's a lot so um so Shorten up the story a little bit. So Hedgesville Church went back in April of 2015. And um, just you guys did a mammoth amount of work in a week. Totally gutted a kitchen down to bare uh, studs and uh, restructured the house even. Moved move stairs um, and changed the structure of the flooring to put stairs in a different place in the house that made more sense. And created a space for two refrigerators and, and, and all this stuff. And re-drywall, insulated drywall, rewired the whole place, installed brand new cabinets, redid the stairwells, and just did uh, a miracles amount of work in a week. And, and it was great time. We had campers down there. We got stuck in the mud. We had campfires. Everybody stunk really bad. And, um, and it was just a really, really yeah, good time. Yeah, we didn't time. have any running water in the house. Everyone really yeah, stunk bad. That's an issue. That's an issue. So, um, but... You know, we're, we're going through a phase at our church where, you know, we're talking about a building, talking about a building, talking about building a building, and sometimes you can get wrapped up in the idea of having a building. And, um, and so I thought it was just great timing for Cindy and the ladies to come down because, um, because buildings are tools for God. Mm-hmm. It's not the end game. They didn't, they didn't build beauty for ashes and step back and go, well, that's a beautiful place. Now we can sell it. Uh, no, they, the, the, the remodeling of that house uh, was, had a specific purpose to make the gospel go forward in a specific way. And in the same way with here at Hedgesville Church, a building is not an end game. It's not something you build and stand back and, and just uh, be excited about a building. A building is an opportunity to, to, to reach more people for the gospel. Amen? And so uh, what you're going to hear today is amazing stories about how sowing seed and people watering it and doing the soil work, all that stuff, how sowing seed produces a harvest. And in God's economy, it produces a harvest that you can't quantify. Because at the end of the day, you can't, there's no way you and I could put our heads together and figure out how much impact it's going to have on kids, how much impact it's going to have on families. It's going to revolutionize and transform uh, the way families look. And, uh, and, And that's an amazing thing. I will say this. I believe you could sow a seed today into this ministry, and I know we're in the middle of a building campaign, and, and you're like, oh my goodness, he wants more money. Um, but, uh, but listen, God, uh, God can do amazing things through this, and, and I believe that, uh, that we're called uh, to make sure the gospel goes forward, and this is, a, this is a, a situation that I believe in wholeheartedly and personally. So I'm going to let you know, at the end of the service, there's going to be guys standing back there. They're not going to shake you down. They're very nice guys. They're going to be smiling. Uh, but they will have the offering plates, and you can, you can give uh, at the end on the way out uh, and bless Beauty for Ashes. So we're going to get right into it. Um, why, don't we, why don't we just hear from the girls? And Sounds good. Why don't you introduce them again? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I'm going to have Lauren share. And um, it's just really neat. When uh, Lauren came to us, um, she said that the first thing that she felt, and I'm sure she'll share it more deeply, uh, the first thing she felt when she came through the doors um, was just total peace. Lots of times in the lives of the people that we serve, peace is foreign, completely foreign. So, so oftentimes that's what drives them back away, is that it, there's too much peace. So they don't know how to deal with it. But um, I'm grateful that that's the first thing she felt when she walked through the doors of BFA. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm emotional today, so I might cry. So I apologize in advance for that. Um, I'm 25. I'm from Pittsburgh. My daughter, um, she's here with me. She's two and a half. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. My mom and dad are both Christians. I went to church every Sunday. Um, I was saved, but I wasn't saved. I knew that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, blah, blah, blah. That's what I thought in my head, blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, um, my dad, after 9-11, my dad um, signed up again for the military. And between the ages of 11 and pretty recently, he's been very in and out. So while he was out, I didn't have very many rules. Uh, My mom was more like my friend. Um, So I got into a lot of trouble in high school. I started doing drugs and drinking um, pretty early. We went to court several times um, because I refused to go to school at all. Um, And by 18, I was shooting heroin. Over the next eight years, I would be in and out of rehab, community living. I tried methadone. I tried therapy. I tried everything. And um, my parents found out about Teen Challenge through somebody at our church. And they had been trying to get me to go since I was, like, 19. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going away for that long. I'm not doing this, that, so... I kind of knew, though, even at that time, that God was, like, the answer for me, but I wasn't ready to to really do that yet. Um, so I had my daughter. After I had her um, is kind of when I really wanted to get clean because before that I was kind of okay being an addict and living that insane lifestyle and... Um, it was more of like a means to the end. Like I just, I didn't really want to get better. I just kind of wanted to just die an addict and I had become okay with that. Um, after I had my daughter, it was different. (laughs) Um, I wanted to be better for her. Um, and I struggled. I didn't, I had a couple months clean through my pregnancy and the first couple months of her life, but ultimately um, I started getting high again and the guilt of using in front of my daughter, um, it was hard. It was really hard to look in the mirror and call myself a mom and do the things that I was doing with my baby in the back seat. Um, um, But so at the end of last year, in October, I went to um, a detox. I came home. I got high immediately. And um, 
some things happened. CYS ended up being involved. The police were at my apartment. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, this is enough is enough. Um, it was pretty much either go to treatment or have my parental rights revoked. So I decided that Teen Challenge was finally maybe the answer. Um, and I just remember praying. I had to get Veda's dad. Um, I had to get his permission to leave the state with her. And that was, he wasn't really trying to do that. So I remember sitting outside of the courthouse um, the day of our court hearing, just a couple days before I got here, and I remember praying, God, if I'm not going to be clean, or if I'm going to leave this program, or get kicked out, or if this is not really going to be the end of my addiction, please don't let me go. Don't let me waste everybody's time, everybody's money. Just let her dad not sign off on it, and you know, I'll figure out something else to, to please them. And I walked into the courtroom, and as soon as I walked in, her dad handed me the paper, and he said, you can go. And I was almost like, kind of like, wait, are you sure? Because <laughs> I just made a deal with God, and I'm going to have to stop using now. Um, but yeah, so literally, I called Pastor Cindy. She's like, you can come tomorrow. And I'm like, well, it's... <laughs> chill out. <laughs> but I did come, I think, like, just a couple days later after that. My dad was like, pack your stuff. Let's go. So, and yeah, as soon as I walked in the door, I felt this peace that um, I have never felt before. Um, the past four months, the relationship that I've developed with Jesus Christ is mind-blowing. Um, I never thought that I would get clean to the point where I at least wouldn't have to sit in a church basement at an NA meeting and say, hi, I'm Lauren, I'm an addict. I thought that that would maybe be how I would get clean. I never thought that I would heal. And I swear in the house of God that he has healed me. And I'm not an addict anymore. So if I can get off drugs, then he really can do just about anything. So I had the privilege of watching these two play with their children in the pool last night. <laughs> he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And there is joy, unspeakable, <laughs> in these two with their kids and their kids with their moms. And then I got to sleep in the room with <laughs> Lauren and Veda because I wanted Brianna to have a room to herself with the, with the baby. And um, as we were going to bed, Lauren says, you know. Nobody cried in the first service. It's weird. <laughs> She says, um, you know, they pray every night together. They, they, they have mommy and me. This is a very structured program, and we could go on and on, but their mommy and me time, they have learned to just spend two hours every evening in their rooms with their children and have that special time. They read, and then they pray and go to bed, and <laughs> Veda Lynn says to her mom, Jesus is coming back. She says, when is he coming back? <laughs> Like, maybe she knows something no one else does. <laughs> and um, 
She said, like, soon? Like, tomorrow? Beta says, nope. And then Lauren looks at me and she says, well, I don't want him to come back until after I've graduated Beauty for Ashes. (laughs) Okay, so Brianna. I'm Brianna. Um, I'm 20. I'm from Florida. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I grew up kind of like in the opposite, but it was a very loving home. Like my parents were really great parents. They loved me, but we didn't really have a foundation like that, um, which I thought was okay at the time because I didn't know better. Um, Growing up was awesome. I have two sisters, brother. We had a good family. Um, When I was 12, my parents divorced. And I decided to live with my mom because I was a mommy's girl. And when I moved in with my mom, that's when I found out that she had been an addict pretty much her whole entire life. Um, And that was kind of a shock for me because we just, like, I seen my mom, like, my loving mom and my dad, like, kind of perfect. And then my mom was like, no, I'm actually a cocaine addict. And I was like, what? Because she seemed like the normal, everyday mom. But when she told me, stuff started kind of. I guess it's eye-opening. So when she told me this, um, I just kind of seen that as like an open door. I was like, wow, like we could be best friends. Like we could build this new bond. And we started like bonding on drinking and smoking cigarettes and taking pills. And then before I knew it, I was an IV heroin user with my mom and we were best friends and not a mother and daughter. Um, so by the time I was 14, I dropped out of school um, and then when I was 15, I was pregnant with my son, James. And my dad was like, Bree, like, you have to come move in. Like, we can, we can fix it. We'll go get you back to school, and I'll help you with the baby. And at the same time, my mom started becoming really ill, and we knew it wasn't going to be very long for her. And I was like, no, I can't leave mommy. Like, you know, she needs me. Everybody else, she needs me. I was like, I'm not going to leave my mom. But then a couple months later, I had my son, and I was like, but what do I do? I don't have an education. I I finished middle school. I never even made it to high school. I said, like, I don't have an education. I don't have a job. My mom can't help me. My mom sells drugs to me. Like, what, how do I even do this? And my mom was just kind of like, I don't know, figure it out. And my dad was like, please come move in. And I fought him tooth and nail. I was like, no, I, I need to be with mommy. I need to be a mom to her and me and for my son. Like, I need to do this. Um, So the addiction got worse, my relationship with my mom got worse, my relationship with my son got worse, and before I knew it, um, my mom passed away. And if things could have got any worse, they did. When my mom was gone, I I was just like, what do I do now? I don't, like, now what? And so I was kind of forced to move in with my dad, which pretty sure the only reason my dad allowed me to move in was because of my son. Um, he probably knew I'd be out on the street with him, and he, for his, for James's sake, my dad was like, you guys can move in with us. Um, I was using heroin with my dad's sister. I was lying and stealing and just lie after another, using in front of my little sister, in front of my son, and I was just like, oh, well, like, if anything, it's going to bring me closer to my mom, and that's life. And my dad was like, that's not life. Like, you can't live like this. And I was just like, too bad. This is how it's going to be. And then eventually he was like, no, seriously, like, this isn't happening anymore. And he made me call Beauty for Ashes. And that was in October of 2015. And um, 
I talked to Pastor Cindy, and she told me all about Beauty for Ashes. And then I told my dad I talked to her and that I was not going because that place was crazy. And he was like, he's like, all right, Brie, but, like, this is your last chance. Like, you're 18 years old and you need to get together. Um, and I was like, all right, I promise I'll be okay. Um, two months after that, in December, my dad was woken up in the middle of the night because I overdosed. Um, and I was unconscious for who knows how long. My brother was doing CPR. And I made it to the hospital, and I was there for observations, but I was able to go home. But before the ambulance was called, my little sister removed my son out of, like, the whole area. So I don't even think they really knew I had a child. And that kind of saved me because I was able to keep my son because if not, I had needles on my desk, heroin just sitting out, and my son sleeping in my bed. And I was on the floor. Anything could have happened. But um, my sister moved him. Um... And I was able to bring him a week later to Beauty for Ashes because my dad literally packed up by myself and was like, get in the car. You're going right now. And I did. And I thought he was joking. The 13-hour car ride to Beauty for Ashes. I was just like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, Dad. And then we pulled up, and he was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, what? what? Like, really? And he's like, no, seriously, get out. And I was like, oh. And we pulled up, and Pastor Cindy and Jess are outside jumping up and down, so excited to see me. And I was just like... <laughs> Like, they were so happy, and I was like, these people are crazy. Why are they so happy? I couldn't understand. They were so smiley. Like, you, I, I don't know. I kind of was expecting, like, almost like a funeral type of place, like just sadness and, like, shame and guilt and just all things bad that were going to be in this house because that's what I was walking in. So I expected it all around me, not just love and just unconditional love. Like, I walked up with my son, this person knowing I was an addict. I just overdosed. I was using with my son, like, and she was just like, hey. I was like, what? And then she's giving us a tour, and she's like, God's will. And I was like, what? I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, you, this is God's will for your life. Like, all this thing's going to happen. I was like, okay. My dad was like, yeah. And I was like, come on. So he dropped me off, made me leave. He left. Um, I cried for like two weeks, literally nonstop, that I wanted to go home. I missed my dad. I was like, I just want my family. And I was told many times, like, then you have to get right. Like, this is, if you want your family, this is what you need. And then about two weeks after, I was like, oh, all right, fine. Like, I guess I could do this. I found out I was pregnant again. And I was like, no. I was like, I need to go home right now because I can't have another baby. Can't take care of myself. I don't know how to be a mom to the one I already have. Like, why should I have another one? Um, but they fought for me tooth and nail. They fought for me, kept me there. Not, like, kept me there, but they were like, you have to stay, like, get it right. <laughs> um, so I stayed, and they get, we did the group studies. We did personal studies. I went to church for the first time, and I was like, this is kind of it's kind of cool. Like, the, all these new things I was learning. And then about, like, a month and a half later, I was saved on the property. And my family was just kind of, yeah. Um, so, and then it was just kind of like one thing after another, I built the relationship with my son that like, I just, I, I know with my kids, I never have to worry about them looking at me the way that I looked at my mom. And that really hits it for me because I grew up even into my teen years when I really knew what was going on, that my mom had four kids and she wasn't strong enough to do it. And it's not even that it's like hard to explain. Like she fought and she wasn't able to do it for us, but I'm, I'm do, I did it for my kids. Like. I don't ever have to worry about them growing up and wondering, like, what went wrong, like, where's mommy, or anything, like, why is mommy on the floor, like, what's, I never have to worry about that, like, the, 
the worst thing that there was like, oh, we have to go to church all morning, <laughs> like three services. No, but even James like was so excited. We got here and he was like, we're going to have new friends. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so like, that's what I have to look forward to now. Like I get to pour out that love that I didn't know existed into my kids' lives and let them grow up in a house like this with people that just want to extend love all the time and just share because, I mean, he's the living testimony just as much as I am of what God can do in somebody's That's life right. because he would not be back there hanging out with the kids and just being who he is. And Mercy, too. Like, my daughter's name is Mercy because God is so, he's just, that's all he does is give mercy. It's just, I don't know, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe and Chantel took us to dinner last night, and um, Joe says, okay, let's pray. Well, and he was getting ready to pray, and Jay said, dear Jesus, thank you so much for this food, and we love you. Amen. So he prayed over dinner. I mean, that's, that's just how the kids are. And, um, you know, real quick, you, you make an impact. You think, well... Five dollars, that's not much, but we've had a donor that has given us ten dollars uh, faithfully for ten years. And I know her name. Do you know what I mean? Like, there might be some that give more, but you, you remember those gifts because God takes them and He multiplies that sacrifice. And um, I just want to encourage you in that. And because of many people's sacrifices, Beauty for Ashes is open and available to women and children. And also you might say, I'm too old, I can't do that, or this doesn't touch me the way it touches you. It does touch you. It's in your backyard. Um, whether it's your own family, your friends, or someone you know, or it's, it touches everyone. Addiction touches everyone. If it's not in your physical life, it's in your financial life because it costs our country $7 billion a year. And people are suffering. And, and if you're a Christian, it touches you because these are souls. <laughs> so we all have a responsibility. And um, you say, well, I can't do much. All I can do is rake leaves or paint a wall. Laura and Sam were on the highest part of the scaffolding in the main room, and their fingerprints are on the ceiling. That's love. Okay, raking leaves. Brianna says to me not long ago, we had a team come and rake leaves, and she says, I just can't believe people come and do this knowing our past. Come on, y'all. <laughs> that preaches itself. You know, when you, when you give love, you receive it too. <laughs> When you give love, the person on the receiving end, it completely alters their life. And like I said earlier in the other service, you may not get to see it, but you will see it in eternity. So just keep giving. Not just keep swimming. Just keep giving. Just keep giving. It's, um, I just thought it was timely. We've been talking about sowing and reaping uh, for probably the last month. And... You know, one of the things is um, that, that sometimes it's, you feel like maybe you sow into something or you give a lot of effort to something, you don't get to see the impact or it's not the impact you expect. But uh, I, I'm just so confident, and, and we, we have been since the first time we heard about Beauty for Ashes, uh, about the lives that were going to be changed there and um, just the, the miracles that would take place on a daily basis. Um, and I want to say something about miracles. Miracles happen for tenacious people. And you see stories in Scripture where, you know, there's a, there's a woman who just keeps at Jesus. 
She doesn't back off uh, when it doesn't go her way the first time she asked. Paul didn't give up the first time he got beat. The first time he was shipwrecked, he didn't give up. And so, um, you know, one of the themes of this church is that we don't quit, that we keep pushing. And that's what I so appreciate about Mike and Cindy is that probably had a few times that you could have quit over the last 33 years. Um, But the gospel uh, works for tenacious people. When, when opposition comes, when, when, a, when a problem arises and we say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like one problem is not going to end this. One, one difficulty, we're going to keep pushing through it. And Mike and Cindy and the staff at Teen Challenger are those people. Um, and so, look, in, in our area, we face, uh, you read the news, we face seemingly insurmountable odds in, in Berkeley County. Uh, but again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And uh, there is hope. And, and, and I'll just let you in. We have, we have people here at this church that are working, uh, working on programs right now to try to help. Cindy has been um, somewhat badgering for, uh, for years about Beauty for Ashes in this area. And um, not really badgering. but uh, Yeah, badgering. Yeah, badgering. <laughs> But I just want to let you know that um, God's plan for Hedgesville Church and, and ministering to people in Beauty for Ashes is bigger than we realize right now, bigger than our imagination. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what he's prepared for us. And so if he spent that much time preparing it for us, uh, it should challenge us to dream a little bigger now, right? And so um, I just want to encourage you, uh, these are not, this is just a glimpse of the stories of what God is doing. Just really quick, they, they, uh, there's a baby born, like the first? Yeah, we had four babies born last year at Beauty for Ashes. Our first one came unexpectedly. It was like um, one of the most traumatic privileges of my life. And my daughter, Jessica, is the daycare director. Um, one of our moms was 26 weeks gestation. She was having some cramping and um, took her to the hospital. And th- there were some signs as well. Um, that she was in labor, but given her history, when they took her history, the focus was her history and her addiction versus the present. So basically they assumed she was there to get pain medication, even though I was with her. Um, so they sent us home and believe me, I was not a happy person leaving that hospital. And we got home at about five, five fifteen, and the baby was born at seven thirty-five on the front porch in 11 degree, 12 degree weather. And um, at 26 weeks gestation, on the phone with 911, heading out the door trying to get her into the car to get her back to the hospital, collapsed. 911 walks us through um, how to deliver the baby. And it all looked like death to us. And it sounded like death, everything we spoke and we heard. And, um, but it was life. <laughs> it was a miracle. And that little baby was born at two pounds. And um, just celebrated his one-year birthday on January 29th of this year. It's a good thing I was not there, because I'd have been like, dude, I'm I'm going to grab lunch. Trust me, you would have been out of there. Trust me. (laughs) Or running around. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I remember getting a text that I think it was right around maybe... That day, said, "Oh, we had a baby on the front porch," and I thought, "Well, that's—I guess that's what you do." 
There, there was no policy and procedure in place for that. None. So, um, it's an amazing thing. I wanted you, many of you in here, uh, gave. Um, there's uh, several stories. Uh, we raised raise about $16,000 to go down to Beauty for Ashes and remodel the entire kitchen. Uh, and, and you guys just worked so hard to do that. And then the, a couple of miraculous things that happened after that you might not know about. They came back and visited again mm-hmm. after we were down there. And out of the blue, we, we'd um, taken in about $2,500 too much, not too much, but over what costs to do the, the kitchen. So they had no idea about it. So they had come down. The way we had built the kitchen, it would fit two refrigerators, two stoves, two microwaves. And, um, and so when they got here, we, we, we gave them another check that covered pretty much a lot of the appliances yes. uh, in there. So that was an amazing thing. And then you guys came back again, and, uh, and we collected a $9,500 yes. offering wow. the next time they came back. And so what Mike will do is he'll call me every now and then and say, Chris, man, anytime you want us to come back and do a $9,500 offering, we're good with that. And My husband is, oh, he... If you've never met him, you can't, I can't is, exaggerate it. No, he's a piece of work. Uh, he's a good piece of work. Yeah. He's, he's an, an, he's an overgrown teenager is and, what he is. And um, I know how to get him going, right? Uh, he cranks him like this, and I'm like, stop, Chris. And he's cranking him and cranking him. And then yeah. he's, oh, he's, he's unstoppable then. And I just, yeah. So they're, they're fun to be around. So let's stand together. Can you do this? Um, I know you're going to give on the way out, but could you do this right now? Could you just stretch your hand forward to them? We're going to pray a blessing over them. Um, listen, miracles in this type of ministry are oftentimes hard won. Uh, but they're worth every fight. And when you can, when you can uh, hear stories like this uh, with, with people who thought there was no hope, and yet the risen Savior burst in on the scene after hard fights and does the miracle, it is worth every moment. And so as a church, I just want us to be uh, blanket them with prayer, blanket their kids with prayer, blanket the, the ladies that they're going to minister to in prayer, and, and just pray that God would do, continue to do the impossible and continue to do the miraculous and continue to redeem lives. Amen? Let's do this together. Father, we thank you so much this morning, Lord. God, it's your name that is being lifted here. It's your name that's being glorified. Everything we've talked about this morning is because of you and you alone. When we are weak, you are strong. When we are addicted, you're the solution. When we are broken, you're the one that heals us. When we are sick, you're the one that makes us whole, God. You said you came to set the captive free, Lord, and we're witnessing it in real time. God, we thank you for every life that's touched. We thank you for every kid that will not know the difference. They'll just be raised And a home, Lord, that is dedicated to you, they'll have no idea. We thank you for the legacies that you're creating, God. And Lord, we continue to ask in Jesus' name that you'd supply every need according to your riches and glory. That as we give, God, that you'd supply in abundance. God, don't just replace the gift, 
would provide an abundance so that we could continue. God, we do not want to see a poor beauty for ashes. We want to see a blessed one. We want to see one that every need is met in an abundance. And God, so we pray that you do it through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, if you believe that, give him honor this morning. He's good. 